Alrighty, hello again everyone and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 23rd day of June 2023. Happy, glorious, delicious, beautiful, smelling, fresh, brisk Friday to you. I hope you're having a good one. And I hope you got something awesome planned for this weekend. I, I do, I will be on terrestrial radio. That's right, probably not in your car, depending on where you live, and since you guys are all over the freaking planet, really. Uh... That could be anywhere. Uh, but from what is it, 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time until 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday, tomorrow, I will be on WMAL in Washington, D.C. doing a show. All three hours. Just me and whatever else I concoct between now and then. So if you're out there going, oh, I miss being able to call in. I want to, I'm talking to you, Shark, even though I exchange messages with you up in Boston. Uh, you can listen and call it streaming at WMAL.com. And they've got a WMAL app. So you can check all that business out. And honestly, I'll probably record some of the show and use it for Monday's podcast just out of laziness. So if you don't miss, you don't miss anything if you miss it. But if you, if you miss being able to call in, you can do that on Saturday. Also, I believe at least my wife will be on it. I think I'm supposed to be on it too. I don't know. I'm going. But if, whether or not I just sit in the green room and twiddle my thumbs for two hours is something different. The uh, Tim Pool, not the Tim Pool podcast, not Tim Cast Live, but the uh, they have a pop culture podcast every day from is it three to five o'clock, I think. So today, Friday, the 23rd, the wife will be on that. I'm supposed to be on it too, I think. We'll see. We'll see if I'm on it, but she'll be on it. So check that out at TimCast.com, and then it's like Pop Culture Crisis or something. It's video, and so, I don't know. Keep me off camera. But in any event, that is the latest, greatest, plus the weekend effort review, Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.Locals.com. That will be up, and thanks to everybody for the birthday wishes and all of that. Thus far, it has been glorious, and uh, I hope there's no reason to believe it won't continue to be so. I was actually born just 10 minutes before midnight, so I haven't, I'm counting it as not having turned yet, not having aged yet. And thanks to everybody for the uh, comments and emails and tweets and Facebook messages about my column. One last message from my dad. The card is still right here. My brother apparently hasn't opened his either. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I, the way I described tried it, I had a conversation with my friend Jeff, who called, and uh, you, you break down. I'm trying. I won't. I'll. I'll, I'll be fine now because it's the second time I've said it. But uh, you sit there and you, I know what the card says. I know. I know how my dad signed birthday cards. Same way he signed Christmas cards. Love, Dad. That's just what that's what this card will say. When I do open it up, because I've gotten a lot of messages, you got to open the card. You got. I know what it says. I know what it will say. The second I open this up, I know exactly what it will say. But as long as it's closed, it could say anything. As long as it's closed, it could say anything. And you'd like to think, and there's no no indication whatsoever to think that. I mean, especially since it turns out my. My sister said that uh, my dad even had, like, my aunts and uncles' birthday cards. The whole year's birthday cards were filled out. And he even had one for my Uncle Tom. My Uncle Tom passed away from Thanksgiving while my dad was, I think it was Thanksgiving, while my dad was out here. And my sister and a couple couple sisters and brother-in-law were out here. My Uncle Tom passed away, not unexpectedly. He had cancer everywhere in his body and... It was coming, but um, my dad even had a card for him. He bought this these cards that long ago and filled them out that long. That's how much of a planner he was, and efficient. You know, why would you go twenty three different times to the store to buy cards when you could buy twenty three cards while you're at the store? 
right? and then just fill them out. Then all you got to do is put a stamp on it and drop it in the uh, in the mailbox. You'd like to think that somewhere he thought, I'm going to write something profound. I'm going to give some piece of advice. I've gotten all of his advice. You know, I'd like to hear it again and again and again. But I got his advice. There's not going to be any sage-like wisdom in the card. It's just going to say, love dad. It's That's how he signed his cards. But as long as his envelope stays sealed, the possibilities are endless, if that makes sense. So I know, I will open the card at some point. I probably will not make a big stink about it. I've got two more of these cards coming to the house at some point. Uh, my wife's birthday card and my other daughter's birthday card. They'll say the exact same thing. I love dad, love grandpa. But you'd still like to think that it could be, it, it could be anything while it's sealed. It could be everything while it's sealed. And realistically, sealed or unsealed, it is everything. It says, love dad. That's everything. Anyway, so thanks for that. If you haven't check out, haven't read it, check out the column at townhall.com. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to get to as bunch of it as quickly as possible because I've got to, uh, I got to go do some family stuff. It's my birthday. I'll cry if I want to. I don't want to, but if I wanted to, I'd do it. I got some family stuff going on downstairs, and I want to get back to it. There's a serious game of hide-and-seek waiting for me, big high-stakes game of hide-and-seek waiting for me. So I'll get to that as quickly as possible. The, um, the mystery of the sub was solved today before we get to everything else, and it is what I feared it would be, but... What it, aside from a miraculous discovery or rescue, what it uh, most humanely could have been. You don't want to be trapped under the water, slowly suffocating, suffering from oxygen deprivation in a, a dark cylinder filled with strangers. Uh, that, you know, five days of knowing or suspecting and ever growing amount of your fate ticking away feeling that I, that's that would be horrible it'd be like that guy i told you about uh, last week or whatever back 150 years ago or whatever it was in in india where they sealed him up in the city square and just let him sort of fade away and scream and and slowly die it's a horrible horrible fate dying in darkness except you're dying you know, 12,000 feet underwater. Well, they found a debris field, which is a polite way of saying they found pieces of the vessel, pieces of the submarine. That's all they'll find is pieces of the submarine. The human body is essentially pulverized, I believe, at that depth. We're talking 6,000 pounds per square inch, uh, just crushing. And in that sense, it's not going to be like the movie that this will inevitably inspire because Hollywood has no real creativity. It will be, in the movie, it will be there's cracks and they're fighting to get to the, will they get to the cup or to the top before the, the, the thing cracks or the, no. When you suffer a uh, a hull a catastrophic hole failure. It's immediate. It's boom. Now, we don't know if this was on its way down. I don't know anyway. If it was on its way down and it had been down there for a while and then something happened, they bumped into something, they weakened some sort of weld or something and then it collapsed. Or as they were going down, the pressure built, the pressure built, and then eventually it just snapped unexpectedly and maybe they could have avoided it. But if they were down there, there's no crack across the window. There's no slowly making weird noises or water dripping in. Once the hull integrity is gone, the hull is gone. And so in that sense, as horrible as that is, it was, under the circumstances, probably the most merciful way for anybody to go. It was immediate, and you likely didn't know it was coming. So for that, you know, 
be thankful for them, be sad for their loss. But if you got to go, there are many other ways it could have gone that uh, would have been long, arduous, painful, horrible suffering. This is not one of them. So, yeah, now we know. And they would have run out of oxygen by now. So this is, you know, under the circumstances, the better of the options. So now we know. Anyway, um, there is a lot of other things going on. And I just find this story absolutely amazing because because the cat is screaming at me and I don't know why. The uh, circumstances surrounding the Biden family, the way that they conduct themselves. CNN had some ridiculous story today. Legal experts say that there's no way that Hunter Biden got a sweetheart deal. Like, what the hell do you mean? How could there possibly be no way? Well, of course, they're all liberal experts. The headline, legal experts cast doubt on GOP claims of a sweetheart deal in Hunter Biden case. This is not only ridiculous, absurd, it's laughable. Hunter Biden got a sweetheart deal because he is not doing any jail time and his gun felony is not even going to be on his record after short order. He didn't file taxes for two years, millions of dollars, and he's getting a slap on the wrist at best. And the left is running around going, oh, no, 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 there's no special treatment, no special treatment, no special treatment at all. There is massive special treatment. It's not just special treatment from the Justice Department. There's special treatment from the media. Really special. What what do I mean by that? Well, the media has been bending over backwards to downplay, to do everything they possibly can to make it seem as though, well, this is it for Hunter. This is it for Hunter Biden. And it's... Not really it. It's not remotely it. But if they can create the impression that any investigation, any and all investigations into Hunter Biden are resolved now, then what can they do? They can go and say, hey, man, everything else is just a witch hunt. Everything else is just a witch hunt. You're looking into the criminality, the money laundering, all that. No, no, no. We resolved all of this. Now they're just dragging along their investigation. It's kind of funny because it's a double-edged sword. There's still an ongoing investigation in Hunter Biden. It is a great shield, a shield that Democrats desperately want that protects them from having to talk about it, from actually not even having to talk about it, from being able to talk about it. Hunter Biden's team and the Biden camp and the Biden White House can all say, well, there's an ongoing investigation. We can't talk about it. We can't comment on an ongoing investigation. Well, okay, the lawyers have said the investigation is over. No, you don't know. There's an ongoing investigation. Also, Congress is interested now that Republicans are in charge. They're suddenly interested in the corruption of the Biden family. This allows the Department of Justice, this allows everybody involved in this fiasco and this disaster to go, we can't answer. We don't have to comply with these congressional subpoenas. There is an ongoing criminal investigation. It's a bogus pile of manure. And what do I mean by that? Why is it? Because this investigation has been going on for the better part of a decade. It's not a complete decade, probably about six, seven years by this point. But it has been going on longer than seemingly they've been looking for Jimmy Hoffa. That's the only investigation going on longer than this, is where is Jimmy Hoffa's body? At a certain point, you either have to do your business or get off the pot. Do you not? Having an endless investigation, especially an investigation that has gone on so long that some of the alleged investigative topics have seen their statutes of limitations expire. You dropped the ball. You can't charge. What took you? Well, we were investigating. What do you mean you were investigating? We were looking into it. But now, even if you found criminality, you can't do anything about it. Well, them's the breaks. They always do what? They claim, well, it's because it's a really difficult investigation when you're dealing with money laundering in overseas banks. Look, the Bidens 
chose to bank with these overseas LLCs and these corrupt governments and these corrupt banks in these corrupt countries for a reason. Why? Because it's not the UK. If the U- if you're money laundering in the UK and the FBI gets wind of it and they want to look into it, there is a pretty cozy relationship between the United States and the United Kingdom. There might be some red tape. There might be some hoops. You could probably find lawyers who could put some barricades up to make it a little more difficult for the federal government than it otherwise would be. But eventually and ultimately, you would have your trail of money uncovered. You run things through China, through Romania, through Yugoslavia, or former Yugoslavia, through Ukraine, through Russia, through Swiss banks, things like that. All of these things, you're not going to get a whole lot of cooperation down there. Nobody over there wants to cooperate with the government, especially when the governments of those countries were at least involved in giving them a blessing. At a minimum, they were involved in giving them the blessing. They're not, you know, free-spirited, laissez-faire governments over there. So they're not going to cooperate with anything that's going to jeopardize their investment or criminalize their own citizens because... Hunter Biden might be the latest person that they've bought and Joe Biden might be the latest person, high-ranking government official that they've shoveled money to, but he ain't the first. And I promise you if they have their way, they won't be the last. So they don't want to expose what they've got going at their home. So they're not going to cooperate. So the FBI does what? They sit around, drag their feet and go, well, gosh shucks, gee willikers, we tried. We tried. Nothing can be done. But boy, did we try. When in reality, they didn't try. Just saying. So as you look at that, and I want you to to tell you this, uh, read this parts of this story from the New York Times. The headline, Hunter Biden reaches deal to plead guilty to misdemeanor tax charges. Misdemeanor, misdemeanor tax charge. Don't file your taxes for a couple of years and owe $2 million. And I know I've gotten, somebody said, uh, was it uh, Michelle? No, it was, uh, maybe it was Michelle. Somebody said it's $200,000. No, and then I saw somebody else say a million dollars and I saw a story that was $2 million. It's a lot of money, whatever it is. You owe money to the IRS and don't pay it and see how lenient they are with you. In that sense, I want to read you this this paragraph. In a statement on Tuesday, Mr. Weiss said, Mr. Mr. Weiss is uh, Biden's attorney. Mr. Weiss said Biden had earned more than, I believe it's Weiss is the attorney. Let me look that up just because, yes, David C. Weiss. No, he's uh, the U.S. attorney in Delaware. Now, keep in mind, this is the guy supposedly investigating Hunter Biden for tax crimes, amongst other things. In his statement on Tuesday, Mr. Weiss said Mr. Biden had earned more than $1.5 million in each of 2017 and 2018, but failed to file income tax returns despite owing the government more than $100,000 in each year. And in parentheses, says Mr. Biden paid the overdue tax bill in 2021. I suppose those two consecutive years, that's where the 200,000 number came from. But if you know, if you owe 200,000 for not filing for that long, it will accrue. It'll be more than that. But that's beside the point. Listen to that math. Let that math sink in for a second. Then think about your own taxes. He earned more than $1.5 million in each of the two years, 2017, 2018. That's a minimum of $3 million. And he didn't file his taxes, but they say he owed, he was owing the government more than $100,000 in each year. How is that possible? If you owe $3 million and you, or you make $3 million and you only pay $200,000 in taxes, that's a pretty, pretty, pretty low percentage, is it not? Isn't it Joe running around whining about the super rich not paying their fair share and Joe's or son's tax burden is less than 10%? Is it's like 7%, something like that. On overseas money, and this is money he didn't even declare. Presumably he filed some taxes. He bogusly left this stuff off. It just seems 
weird. It again seems like one of those rabbit holes a dedicated journalist would be interested in, but we don't have dedicated journalists anymore. And another way in which they are covering for Hunter Biden is the very same story earlier in it. So after his father became vice president in 2019, he built relationships with wealthy foreigners that brought in millions of dollars, servicing concerns inside the Obama administration and among government watchdog groups that he was cashing in on his family's name. He was. He offered, I offer you no skills. I offer you no products, no goods, no services. Um, Now pay me a bunch of money and I'll get you a meeting with my dad. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. Yeah, he kind of is cashing in on his family name. Then it says he went into a downward spiral after his brother Bo died in 2015, becoming addicted to crack cocaine and engaging in tawdry, self-destructive behavior. Now, isn't that interesting? 2015, meaning that Hunter Biden was an upright citizen? a fine, upstanding young man of note until his brother died unexpectedly, tragically. Nobody's denying the tragic nature of his brother's death. However, I do challenge the timeline of Hunter Biden's demise and the way in which they portray it because he was a junkie before, before his brother died. Let's get in the Wayback Machine just for a second. The year 2015. And if you're playing the home game, 2014 falls just before 2015. Now, 2015, his brother died. Let's go back to 2014. Headline, Associated Press. VP son Hunter Biden discharged from Navy Reserve after drug test. Huh? Hunter Biden, the youngest son of Vice President Joe Biden, has been kicked out of the military after after testing positive for cocaine. Two people familiar with the matter said on Thursday. The Navy said Biden, a former lobbyist who works at a private equity firm, was discharged in February, barely a year after he was selected for the part-time position as a public affairs officer in the Navy Reserves. Wait, he barely lasted a year in the Navy and was kicked out for repeated drug test failure. Citing privacy laws, the Navy did not give a reason for this discharge, which was not disclosed until it emerged in media on Thursday. In a statement released by his attorney, Biden said he respected the Navy's decision and was moving forward with his family's love and support. He did not give a reason for his discharge. Quote, It was the honor of my life to serve in the U.S. Navy. I deeply regret and am embarrassed that my actions led to my administrative discharge. But wait a second, how was he already using cocaine to the point that he had to be drummed out of the military? And if you're the son of the vice president, you get caught with the booger sugar once, they're going to let that slide a bunch of times. There has to be other ways in which this came to be, right? It came to be a problem at some point. Then you go, wait a second, How he's 40 years old or whatever, in his 40s. How is it that this guy managed to become a naval officer, even in a part-time reserve status? It turns out that you've got to have some special waivers to get there. And again, it's another shining example of just how unlike everybody else, Bo Biden's life truly has been. We go back to the the Sacramento Bee. Who doesn't love the Sacramento Bee? So what were Hunter Biden's connections to get a commission? It's a fairly good question. It was back when journalists still asked sort of questions like this. So Vice President Joe Biden, Hunter, uh, son Hunter Biden, resigned his direct commission as an ensign in the U.S. Naval Reserve, it was reported recently, although he was 43 years old at the time of his commissioning, three years over the age, he sought an age waiver and got it. Wait, 
yeah, no, he was too old. He was too junky, and he somehow got into the military. Biden was serving as a public affairs officer, mostly. He went to Norfolk, Virginia once a month and did a weekend of service. The twist here is that Biden was forced to resign because he tested positive for cocaine in June of 2023, or 2013, I'm sorry, which again is months and months before we found out about it. A direct commission is a little-known entry point to get into the military. It is a way for experienced professionals to serve. It's mostly done for doctors, nurses, and dentists, none of which Hunter Biden is, although he probably made a fortune from those professions as well. But age 40 is pretty much the brick wall for those outside of those disciplines. I know this, author writes, because I tried to get an age waiver for a direct commission as a Naval Reserve Public Affairs Officer in, 20, in 2002. I was at least two years younger than Biden. My experience in the Naval Reserve recruiting process was a labyrinth. I tried several times to get interviewed by rec- interviews by recruiters and eventually was asked by one of them if I, quote, knew any senators, end quote. I did. Actually, the senators weren't as much help as a few friends in the Naval Reserves who held high ranks. I was asked to go to the Pentagon to interview. The interviews went well, and it probably didn't hurt that I had a cartoon on the Washington Post editorial page that morning. As I sat down in the captain's office, I looked out the window, a refreshingly plastered wall with one of my inner in one of the inner rings of the Pentagon. Says, See that? He asked. That's where the nose cone of the plane stopped. This guy had to jump through all sorts of hoops to get his commission or try to get didn't get his commission it didn't happen he writes now why didn't i get the commission is still unclear to me i still have all the correspondence and trust me it's voluminous it sounds like he jumped through every single hoop but i can tell you that 13 years later when i read ensign hunter biden united states naval reserve got in at 43 and they then blew it literally on cocaine I guess I have to admit I was a little mad. I can only surmise how he got it. I doubt his father even had to make the call. They can read. And that's the thing I'm talking about. It's They don't need to give the orders. They don't need to wink and nod. They don't need to have a secret sign. It's last name Biden. We know that. We know what that is. And the entirety of the left-wing industrial complex snaps into motion. The press doesn't report things. All of the stuff is out there. I managed to find it pretty easily. What else did I find? A story from 2021, May 28th, New York Post. Hunter Biden boasted that he smoked crack with late D.C. Mayor Marion Barry. Now, remember, the New York Times, the gray lady, the gold standard in journalism, reported that Hunter Biden was an exemplary citizen until 2015 when his brother died tragically. And then he went on the downward spiral of self-destruction and drug use. Yet he was drummed out of the military before then. And now this. Hunter Biden boasted that he smoked crack as a college student with then-Washington, D.C. Mayor Marion Barry, according to a recording that surfaced Friday. During an 8-minute, 15-second audio clip, President Biden's son and another man were debating whether slain civil rights icons Martin Luther King Jr. and Mohandas Gandhi ever used cocaine when Barry's name came up. You know, that. look, this is... Uh, <laughs> To say that I've always had highbrow conversations with my friends is to um, lie. I'm just not going to lie. We, I was the king of what-ifs when I was younger, and I'd drive my friends nuts when we'd be sitting around drinking or whatever, playing cards. And I would, what if this, and what about that, and, what about, and we'd have some really stupid conversations that I'm sure I know were not unique to us. But we were not in our late 30s. 40s and having these conversations like Hunter was. Quote, although uh, the mayor from D.C. did, talking about smoking crack, the other man said. Biden said, Marion Barry? You know what? I actually smoked crack with Marion Barry. I swear to effing God. The other man responded, quote, Jesus, end quote. 
Hunter continued. I was in Georgetown, and he used to go to the place right next to the guards, Biden said, apparently referring to a since-shuttered bar near Georgetown University campus. And as a sophomore, I guess, there was a a junior when it happened, but he used to come there and drink late, late, late. And I would be there, and he would go to the bathroom. But anyway, before the other man could change the subject, he said that he smoked crack with Marion Barry back... Now, when was he at Georgetown? He was at Georgetown in the late 80s, early 90s. This would be this would put it around 91, 92, I think. Long before Bo Biden passed away and led Hunter on a downward spiral of substance abuse, at least according to the New York Times. Isn't it weird? You would think this many hours later, this is this story in the New York Times is a couple of days old now, this story could have easily been fact-checked, it could have been fact-checked by the time it was ever posted. It was not. It's factually inaccurate in a great number of ways, not the least of which is how much taxes he owed and how they came up with those numbers. But this crack smoking thing, it's designed to make it seem as though Hunter did become an addict because of a tragedy in his life. A loss of his brother, look, it's devastating. I'm sure it was. It's certainly not going to be pleasant. It's devastating for Joe. That doesn't excuse any of his behavior. It doesn't excuse what Hunter Biden did. But it's also not true. What Hunter Biden did, Hunter Biden did of his own free will throughout his entire life. He didn't care. He was a junkie. He was a child of absolute privilege. And as a child of absolute privilege, that last name, remember the story I told you? They didn't have to, they didn't have to do much research. Joe probably didn't have to make a call. You just make it known that your dad is a senator and watch the doors open wide. Well, when looking at the name Biden in Delaware when Hunter was in high school, how many run-ins with police do you think he had where they just said it's not it's not worth it? All it takes is a couple of run-ins and then uh, heads rolling and heads being cracked and people being disciplined before the word spreads around that you don't arrest Hunter Biden. You don't even, it doesn't matter that you get him out, you spring him. You don't break up a Hunter Biden party. You don't mess, you don't do anything. These kids get out of jail free. And so you don't bother putting him in jail. And that can lead to smoking crack with the mayor of Washington, D.C. You're a senator's son, right? You smoke crack with him. Then you're a senator's son. You get it special treatment into the military. Bo uh, Hunter, I should say, took full advantage throughout his entire life. I mean, the guy served on the board of Amtrak with zero experience in rail, in transportation. How can you say that? Well, he had none. He served on the board of Amtrak, and he has since never been put on to another board. You'd think if the guy were a good board member, whatever was required of a board member of Amtrak, since Amtrak is a pretty, you know, it's it's government, but still it's, it's pseudo-government. But you'd think, hey, you serve a good job on the board of Amtrak, there might be other transportation outlets that would look at you and go, well, what is he bringing there? Uh, that sounds pretty good. We could use that over at uh, United Airlines or whatever, or whatever it is. But none have come knocking. Don't you think that's weird? Don't you think that's weird? If I were put on the board of a company, I would be honored, all get out, bust my ass to make sure I did a hell of a good job at whatever it was, learned that industry, because Board slots are pretty sweetheart deals. And then I would make sure that everybody else in that industry and any related tangentially industry would be like, hey, uh, this guy's pretty good on this board. Maybe we should get him on our board. Instead, no. He went from Amtrak's board to Burisma's board, oil and gas. They have nothing to do with one another. He doesn't even speak the language in you in Ukraine, but he's on the board. There has to be something else at work here, and it is the thing that was at work for him his entire life. Those five letters after his first name. That's it. His education didn't matter. 
Nothing else mattered. There are people who are more connected. No more people can get more phone calls answered or returned in Washington, D.C., but they don't have that blood. They don't have the ability like you pay me and I'll pay my dad. Don't worry. I will. You don't. Ha- I won't give the money to your dad. I'll pay the mortgage, which is one of the things Hunter did. It's I've quote earned this money, and who can question a son paying the mortgage for parents? Who can question that? What what child wouldn't do that for their parents? Well, it kind of matters where the money comes from, doesn't it? The press has no interest in it. So, yes, CNN can run their blocker. Oh, there's legal experts who say this is not a sweetheart deal. There are a lot of people in prison for a long period of time for all three of the charges that Hunter Biden pleaded guilty to who would love, love to have gotten half of a sweetheart deal like Hunter Biden did. But their last name isn't Biden. Their skin is probably black on the gun charges. Democrats decry both. We'll do nothing about either. Uh, this is kind of a disturbing story out of the Washington. I know there's more tests. I, I, we could just become the Joe Biden scandal show with all the new whistleblower stuff. And I want more time to digest it before I go diving into it. I hate people who go half cocked and tell you conspiracy theories and this is going to happen. It's Nothing's going to happen. You need to know about it because the only thing that can happen that really matters is the election next year. So we got plenty of time to go through that Biden stuff. But in the meantime, there's a lot of stuff that's going on that does matter. This story from the Washington Times. As U.S. military recruiting crisis worsened, armed forces find competition around every corner. Subheadline, private sector offers same incentives to attract workers. Yeah. Ben Wolfgang, Washington Times. U.S. military is in a bitter fight to attract and retain recruits, and its most potent enemies are around every corner. Quote, it's Wendy. It's Carl's. It's Wendy's. It's Carl's Jr. It's every single job that young persons can go up against because now they are offering the same incentives we are offering. That's our competition right now, said Army Command Sergeant Major Marco Irines the head of the Nevada Army National Guard, recruiting a battalion, uh, recruiting a retention battalion. Sergeant Major Irines and other National Guard officials briefed reporters Wednesday on the recruiting crisis confronting America's armed forces. Guard and active duty service leaders say they face one of the worst recruiting environments in the 50-year history of the country's experiment with an all-volunteer force. With the exception of the Marine Corps, each service expects to fall short of its recruiting goals in fiscal year 2030 or 2023. The Army expects to be about 10,000 soldiers short of its recruitment goals. Service officials told Congress in April the Navy is on track to be about 6,000 short, and the Air Force will miss its mark by about 10,000. Looking at 25-ish thousand recruiting deficit. It's not because Wendy's, and look, you can drive past these things and you see them even in rural places in northern Michigan, starting 18 bucks an hour, starting 22 bucks an hour. Some places like, we'll pay you the next day. We'll pay you in cash. We'll give you, mo- we'll give you a, signing, a signing bonus for fast food. There are restaurants around that close and keep weird hours that they'd rather not keep because they can't find people to work for them. It's not because there aren't people. We have plenty of people in this country. It's that we thanks to Democrats, have made it so easy and really socially acceptable to not work. We really have. You can get caught in that spider's nest, the the social safety net. It's gone and turned into a hammock. That has long-term repercussions. There are plenty of people out there who could be working who aren't. Maybe they're working off the grid. Maybe they're working under the table. Who the hell knows? We need to find out why. We also need to really toughen up our kids and start going, hey, you're 15. It's time to get a job. I was 15. I had a job where I had to ride my bike to it. My parents weren't. A, my parents told me to get a job if I wanted money, and I had to ride my bike to it because they are not my chauffeur service. They're not my limousine service. 
And I did it because you know why? Because I liked having some money to be able to buy things, to be able to do things, to be able to go to movies and things like that. And from then on, it was hit the ground running. Now we soften up the kids. How many kids do you know? It's a really weird thing, at least in what I've seen. When I was 15, I couldn't wait to be 16. When I was 16, I got my driver's license. When I was 15, I took driver's head. I got my permit. I drive. I could drive with my parents. And that was it. There was none of this just drive with another licensed driver. It was none of that. It was with your parents, as far as I know. They could have been lying to me. I don't know. But you got your license when you turned 16. You desperately wanted your license when you turned 16. And then the world was your oyster. Now there are kids who don't want their license. They don't have any interest in their license. What do you, what do you mean go visit somebody? They're, they're on their computer. I can message them. We can FaceTime. We can play video games. We can chat. We can, I don't need to be around real human beings. Well, if all you got to do is send your ass all day and play video games and the internet is provided to you, your overhead costs are nothing. Your parents aren't going to let you starve as you live in their basement. So your overhead costs is literally nothing. Your social skills and your marketable tools are atrophying to the point of almost being useless. But you also don't know what you're missing. When I was a kid, man, I got my bike. It was freedom, man. It was freedom. Ride down that driveway, turn to the left, then turn to the corner, and I'm on Centralia. And Bam, there were all my friends. Every other house was a kid my age, and we'd just ride past there and yell their name, and they'd come flying out with their bikes, and we wouldn't be back until the, I don't know, the, well, the, the, the neighborhood paging system was your parent going out into the backyard. I remember Jay's dad whistled. My mom, my dad would whistle. He had a different whistle than Jay's dad, so I knew that whistle. My mom's voice would carry. They'd just go out in the backyard and yell up to the sky the first name of their kid. And it would echo. And like, oh, that's it. Got to go. Dinner's ready, whatever it was. Now these kids never leave. Got to incentivize them to do something. But there's also another problem with recruiting. The priority of the military is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Oh, we got to have a military that looks like America. Well, quite frankly, a lot of America is slovenly overweight. Not really sure you want a military that looks like America the way America looks right now. But you also, if you want representation, keep it left loves <coughs> proportional representation. It's, it's disproportional. Disproportional representation. COVID was dispropor- disproportionately impact. It was hitting everybody really hard, particularly communities of color. What do you mean, particularly? Well, it just was. Disproportionately impacting communities of color. And then you look at the continent of Africa, and COVID barely made a dent. And you go, wait a second. What about the, uh, I thought COVID was racist. No, 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 no. You see, It's just everywhere else is racist, not the, not the continent of Africa. The, the continent of Africa, they sent woke COVID over there, and it didn't really kill anybody. Like That seems a little bit weird. Then you start asking questions about hydroxychloroquine because it's used to treat malaria, and you go on a whole rabbit hole, what have you. But you also have to kind of look at the comorbidities. Obesity is a problem here particularly amongst communities of this, that, or the other. And then you go, wait a second, is there a direct correlation between the uh, amount of comorbidities and the impact, the devastating impact? Oh, no, you don't want to go on that rabbit hole either. Then you go back to the military and you say, well, maybe it's because they're spending an awful lot of time recruiting recruiting members from the Rainbow Brigade and making that a priority that, you know, boot camp is less interested in whether or not you can climb the rope than they are that you can look at the man next to you at the urinal and say, what a pretty woman you are. And use the proper pronouns. Look, you always knew you'd get busted out of the military and court-martialed if and you did something illegal. You never thought you'd face disciplinary action or have your career stymied or really cut off if you misgendered Bruce because today he's Tammy. So people begin to look at that and go, you know what? I'm not going to join that military. 
I'm not going to join that military. Maybe, just maybe that has something to do with the recruiting woes of the military. But as long as we have these clowns in power now, they're not at all interested in discovering that, that the most patriotic of people might be the ones least interested in engaging in other people's delusions. But no, that's not the case. They're just going to ignore it. And what they will end up doing, I promise you, is lowering the standards even more. Lowering the standards even more. You don't have to be able to climb up the rope, but you should be able to fully enunciate a wee as you swing across on that rope. And somewhere, everywhere, on the other side of the planet, China is laughing their collective asses off. Uh, This story is rather disturbing, but not surprising. It's just indicative of the way things are and what this country is becoming and what areas of this country run by Democrats are. I told you about the Dwayne Reeds up in New York where you basically the only thing not locked in plexiglass is food, ironically. Nobody wants to steal the food because you can't smoke food. You can't sell food for crack as easily as you can hair dye and beauty products. But everything at the Dwayne Reeds that I went to last time I was in Manhattan was behind plastic except for food and drinks. Now, the UK Daily Mail. California supermarket installs metal exit gates to stop frequent shoplifters from raiding grocery stores amid spiraling opioid-fueled crime that has caused stores and people to flee the region. That's a mouthful of a headline, but it's true. A California supermarket desperate to slow the constant shoplifting that has plagued parts of the state has installed giant metal barriers at exits to stop the thefts. Safeway in Vallejo recently added metal emergency exit gates in front of the entrance that warn, quote, an alarm will sound if thieves try to leave the building. CBS reporter Betty Yu also said the Vallejo store closed a second entrance and other locations are following suit to deter thieves from stealing. You look at it. It looks like you're leaving a subway or something like that. It's not there. It's not going to be very easy to get. It's not impossible, but you'd probably drop a whole bunch of stuff. And it's sad. Now, what's worse is they don't really want The police, well, they would probably love the police involved. Let me rephrase that. They know the police aren't going to be involved. The odds of you marching out of a grocery store with more than $950 worth of merchandise is pretty slim. You'd you'd have to carry an awful lot of, of pounds on you to do that. So that means that you're looking at a misdemeanor charge in the state of California, And they're not going to prosecute a misdemeanor charge on that. There's no jail time. There'll be no real punishment. All they really, so they don't want to contain you so they can hold you till the police come. They just want to make it as difficult as possible for you to run out of the store with pants full of steaks. And with pants full of steaks, you're not going to be able to kick this gate open. You're not going to be able to climb over this gate very easily. So you're probably going to end up dropping most, and maybe you get a, a couple of steaks out of it, and that's it. That's how sad California has gotten. They're not actually trying to stop these things. They're just trying to make your egress as inconvenient as possible. Not too inconvenient, because if you turn an ankle... You'd be able to sue them because we live in such a screwed up society and California is the tip of the stupid spear. But, you know, hey, I was trying to steal $800 worth of pork loin from the, the Piggly Wiggly and climbing their security barrier, my foot got caught and I really wrenched my knee. And somebody's got to pay for that. This is unjust. And you'd go, that would be the dumbest lawsuit ever. Well, I would remind you that every lawnmower you buy now immediately shuts off the second you let go of the handle because some idiot thought that they could trim their bushes with a running lawnmower and sliced off their fingers trying to pick it up to do just that. It wasn't because big mowers felt really badly for dumb people. 
and decided to build this feature on. No, it's because that person sued because the lawnmower allowed for them to pick up. It didn't expressly say, do not pick up your lawnmower like a moron. Don't put your hands where the blades are, etc., etc., and lost. And so now we get to pay for probably 40 bucks worth of equipment to the engine and the body of a lawnmower because some moron who can't pick his nose or wipe his own butt right now has uh, enough money to make sure he can pay somebody to do both of those things. Our society is heading towards the idiocracy. There's almost no real way to stop that, but we can collectively at least take our foot off the gas every once in a while if we do something smart. It's just been so damn long since we've done anything smart that I don't know that we have any smart left in us. Anyway, that is enough for today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to call it a day right there just because I want to go back downstairs and uh, be with the family unit on my Gibbort's talk. Thank you so much for listening. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Patreon.com slash or no, Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or locals. Uh, DerekHunter.locals.com I'm not drinking I don't know what's going on uh, is where you check out the extra shows you can email me DerekAllenHunter at gmail.com you can also join that way that's how you can sign up through PayPal and I'll just email it to you if you don't want to join up to either one of them and in the contests check out the bonus stuff check out my column at townhall.com from yesterday there'll be another one on Sunday have an awesome weekend. Hopefully you'll be there for the Week in Review tonight at midnight. Tim Cast, uh, pod, cult, not with Tim, but with the other pop culture people, five to, no, three to five today. WMAL.com or the app. It's on iHeart and all the other apps too. Um, from four to seven on Saturday. Huh, man, you'll be sick of me by Sunday. So I'm going to leave you alone on that day. Plus, yeah, I'm on the Boast Nerdly Show every Saturday from 7 to 8 a.m. at uh, WABC. So check it all out. Thanks for listening. See you then.